Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it ride! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. It is a Monday, Monday, fun day, November the 18th. It is 2019. Can't believe that either. It is time to make it rain here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Neri. He is Dane Martinez trying to make heads or tails of what was a uh, crazy week in the world of sports. Uh, it started Saturday with college football rolled over into uh, yesterday in the NFL and you mix in some NBA and college hoops and my oh my your head is probably spinning but one thing is true no matter what uh, side you were on yesterday or Saturday uh, it was a bloodbath for the sports books this weekend and mostly because Every damn favorite in the world cash tickets this weekend, guys. And, of course, we know how the public loves their favorites. Well, the public got their wish. Uh, the public uh, was hammering favorites again this weekend. We saw it on Saturday uh, as a uh, as even just the top 10, eight out of the top 10 ended up covering, winning, covering, blowing people out. Uh, and then yesterday, when anytime you have teams like the Cowboys, Uh, And the Patriots getting ready to uh, do battle and lines that don't move an awful lot during the week. Uh, But at seven and a half, more than a touchdown for the Cowboys. And of course, the Patriots hanging around that four and a half mark on the road. Both of those teams on the road. Both of those games, the two most heavily bet games of the day. Oh, yeah. And both favorites won, which means books got crushed yesterday, and not just the Cowboys and Patriots. You can throw the Jets on there. You can throw the Saints on there. You can throw the Bills on there. You can throw the Rams last night. And really, the Rams in that game last night, Dane, was the icing on the cake because the books did have one last chance to make it or at least try to get some of that money back if the Bears would have covered. But unfortunately, the Rams ended up covering uh, because once again, the Bears continue to show us uh, that I, I don't even want to blame Mitchell Trubisky at this point, but they're so inept. We had talked about it yesterday on Pro Football Today that we were probably going to get another Pittsburgh Rams game, like 17-7, where defense is rude today. Uh, and now they're trying to get us to believe that he's got a hip injury, Dane. That, that's the problem with Trubisky. He's got a hip injury, which is why they pulled his ass out in the fourth quarter when they still had a chance to actually get back in that game. So uh, congratulations to the Rams, but I don't know that you could have ended the night or the weekend off with a more ugly game than that last night in Sunday night football. My word was that ugly morning, Joe is the ego located next to the hip Joe. Yeah. (laughs) 
right? Because I think that's where the bruise occurred, if you want to know the truth, right? Um, I saw that as well. Trubisky with a hip injury, but let's let's all be serious about it. The hip injury of the weekend was Tua. That was a real hip injury. This one, I think, like I said, was more a little bit if the ego is connected to the hip bone. But I will say this, Joe, you and I both all week and yesterday morning, we really said the under in this Mm -hmm. game was one of our best bets. For me, it finished off a four-team teaser that I was very happy about. And that's why they call it getaway, right? That's why Sunday night, Joe, usually has the biggest handle because everybody who's chasing the dragon with their one last shot to get out of Dodge or Vegas or AC or wherever it is on the plus side. And we were saying that this this game, the side, you know, which one of these offenses would you really trust? We thought neither. That's why we thought the under on this one. I do think from this game, one thing that was interesting from the winning side, though, Joe, Todd Gurley did get 25 carries, okay? And Collinsworth made the point. They went from a zone blocking scheme to pretty Mm -hmm. much two guys up there manning up, double teaming kind of the front and letting Todd Gurley just, you know, plow forward Um, the more power running game maybe Mm -hmm. that to help them stopping being so finesse but listen joe without brandon cooks and now robert woods with some weird personal issue this will be the way the rams would have to do it if they're going to be contending they are at six and four and still live in the nfc yeah it was it was strange because they had him um you know 25 carries which uh, if he was on some sort of pitch count they uh, they threw that out the window but again, there was a couple of these situations yesterday in the NFL where what worked in the first half, teams went away from in the second half for some reason. And, and it just didn't make any sense because, again, it was working so good with Gurley. I mean, it really was. They, again, back up offensive linemen all over the place for the Rams. So it was not a good situation. They did have to kind of do things. But it, it also seemed like for some reason, I don't know if it was because they were like, all right, this worked out so well. Now we're going to they're going to adjust. And they did. I mean, they ended up going to, you know, a six man front at that point, trying to stop it. And then they went away from it. But you're asking Jared Goff to do something that he hasn't been able to do here in months. I, I did not understand it. And it was two missed field goals, by the way, which would have changed once again. The uh, the whole complexion of that game with Chicago, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. With kickers and ch- I don't know. I, I, I don't know what else you can ask from that defense. I almost feel bad for him at this point. But it's, you know, if you can't get points, if you're not scoring touchdowns and you can't make 40-yard field goals to keep the game within reach, I, uh, you know, you are, it's just not good. I don't know where you go. I don't know if you keep them. Do you go with this hip injury now and be like, you know what, Trubisky, take a seat and go with Chase Daniel? Be- I don't. He, he is the biggest, the biggest link that's going on there. If you can't run and you can't pass the ball, you can't keep that defense out on the field all game. You're killing them. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, the only thing is, I believe now the Bears at four and six are like a lot of other teams that are out of it, where now the main objective is to find out what you have, right? And so I know it may not look pretty, but listen, this, you got, if you're Mitchell Trubisky, you've got six games to prove 
Yep. All the, the talk out there wrong. I know a lot of people are talking, is Trubisky the long-term answer? You know how I compare him to Blake Bortles all the time? Yep. The organization mm-hmm. has to know, are they going to ride with this guy and risk setting the franchise back for years or to pull the plug? Trubisky has six games to prove that he is still the answer in Chicago or else someone like Andy Dalton or Cam Newton or Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota will be there next season. It's uh, it's some ugly football for both. I don't know who either. I can't definitively say either of those two teams would beat anybody in the AFC that's in the uh, upper echelon there. Right. Crazy stuff. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Here on a Monday, as we uh, as we take a look at the weekend that was here in the world of sports. One more game, though, guys. Let us not forget Monday Night Football tonight in Mexico City, AFC West, a battle between the Chiefs and the Chargers. And don't forget, of course, the Oakland Raiders took care of their uh, business yesterday. So now they have uh, thrown up that six win up on the board. Which, of course, makes this game a little bit more important for both teams involved. Pretty much a uh, an elimination game for the Chargers in, uh, in a lot of aspects there. And kind of a must win for the Kansas City Chiefs as well. And that game's going to go off at 820. That, uh, we'll dive into the numbers there. But there was a big, big... A big swirling undertone of that New England Patriots and Philadelphia Eagles game yesterday, and it had to do with this guy. What's up, Grunk Nation? I have a big announcement to make. I can't wait to drop it on all y'all this coming Tuesday. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a good time. Come check out my Instagram page this Tuesday, 9 a.m. So Gronkowski drops this over the weekend, and just like that, uh, Patriot Nation is uh, beside themselves pretty much figuring out uh, exactly how many days before he's back in uniform and on the sidelines. And listen, I don't blame him because if if you'd have told me that you'd keep Brady at 219 yards and the only touchdown throw in that game would have come from, I don't know, Julian Edelman there for the winner – and they only scored once in the first five minutes of the second half, 17 total points. I'd have been like, wow, you probably, what a crap game. Well, it was a crap game. Only Carson Wentz was even worse. So Gronkowski is definitely, I get it. You you need help. That offense needs help. Tom Brady's face after the game told you everything you need to know about how well that offense is. He's also getting hit at a, I haven't seen him take this many shots in a long time. That offensive line is terrible. Uh, Yeah, they could use a lot of help there on that offense. Thank goodness for that defense, Dane. But the Patriots, they are 9-1. and But wow, could it be Gronk on his way back to the NFL? Could it be? Do you buy it? Um, not yet. 
Not yet, Joe. Um, listen, we've heard this for a while, right? Gronk has kind of dangled it out there. We know Robert Kraft is begging for it. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how the deadline is approaching. I think it's November 30th. You would have to, uh, like, declare in order to be able to be on a roster. Here's the one thing that I can't get past, though, um, in the idea of him returning, Joe, and maybe you can help me out with this. The man has lost, like, 45 pounds, Joe. So, you know, like, for him to just go back, it's going to take a long time for him to be back in kind of football shape to be able to be Gronk. You saw him on set on Fox over the weekend in his little bow tie and stuff, and he's lost a lot of weight. The same way you see, like, Joe Thomas on the ESPN set, he's lost like 80 pounds. You know, so I maybe he wants to play and maybe he feels good mentally. What I can't get past is he's going to have to put on like 40 pounds, and that's going to take some time. Right, Joe? I don't know why you make that. You know, there's only so many times you're going to be able to cry wolf before people won't pay attention to you anymore. So whatever this is, it better be more than just some sort of self-congratulatory. I started a new business kind of thing. Right, He's going to launch his new CBD line. Right. I don't think it's that because that would just, you know, you're going to lose the people who like you at this point, especially given the current state of the New England Patriots, who absolutely they don't even need Gronk. To catch passes, they need Gronk to be able to block, block, you know, because that's the whole thing. That's what made him so good last year. You know, he went away from being that pass-catching tight end until the last couple of games. They need his ass to block because Brady, at this rate, and even he knows it, man. I mean, his his press conference. He's been saying it all year. He's been saying it all year. He's crushed. He's getting crushed. He knows it, too. And you can't rely on Julian Edelman and trick plays to throw touchdowns in order to win games. I will say this, whatever whatever doubts people might have had with that defense, I think, yeah. I mean, granted, they beat Miami, Washington. I get all that, guys. But uh, on the road, uh, they did uh, a pretty damn good job against that Philadelphia Eagles offense. But another game, Dane, where what was working in the first half Doug Peterson completely went the opposite way in the second half and went away for it. They were running the ball, controlled time of possession. They were up 10. Everything we said they needed to do in order to win, they executed in the first half. The second half comes, and now Carson Wentz is going to throw it 30 times? Like, I don't don't understand what was going on. They did have some uh, offensive linemen that got hurt, but... Right. Still, run the damn ball. You had no problem running it in the first half. Like, what are you doing? Listen, and, and going into this game, Joe, and over the last few years, I mean, the last few weeks, this is what I said about Philadelphia. Remember we said that uh, they had discovered Jordan Howard as a big part of this running game and how I liked Philadelphia because if New England tried to make them play left-handed, their left hand finally got stronger in the run game. Well, they went away from it in the second half, tried to have Carson Wentz rely on it, and maybe it's because they didn't have, you know, they didn't believe Miles Sanders, Boston Scott could carry it for fourth quarters. Maybe they needed Jordan Howard and that proverbial left hand that I talk about. But the story here is really the pay- 
Patriots, Joe. And you're right. They are getting through it. They are 9-1. and one. We talk about their point differential. But all season long, Joe, Tom Brady has known that this offense is not vintage. You see him every time he gets interviewed. He's like, yeah, we still got a lot of work to do. It's almost like he knows they're getting through it with smoke and mirrors. And it's almost like he knows that when they step up and have to go through a gauntlet of a playoff run and winning two or three games to get to the Super Bowl, that it's going to be a struggle. What do I always say? It's these three other amazing human beings being Lamar Jackson, Patty Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. In this game, you said it, Carson Wentz was not able to make enough plays. But if this version of the Patriots run up against Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, or Patty Mahomes having a good day and making plays, they will lose. It's amazing to me that, and again, it's twice we've seen this happen now over the weekend where for some reason, I don't know if they just outsmart themselves where they think, Haha! you're looking at this and now we'll go ahead and do this. You know, we'll, we'll go ahead and switch to the left. I don't get I don't get what the Rams did yesterday. And but they were able, fortunate enough to be able to win the Eagles. Now, granted, listen, you don't have Alshon Jeffrey. You don't have Jordan Howard, right? Your number one receiver, number one running back. But that didn't seem to matter in the first half when you kind of took it. You were averaging almost five yards a carry. Like, what What are you doing? None of it made any sense. Like, Brady was 26 to 47, 216. He had no touchdowns, guys. Right. They only scored 17 points, and you still couldn't win at home. Like there is, and you are up 10, nothing like there is no excuse not to score one point at home in the second half. Not one point you get shut out. Uh, it just embarrassing. I don't know where they go from here. I get the offense is banged up, but it didn't stop you from dominating the first half, which way the way you needed to dominate it, keep the offense or maybe keep the offense on the field because maybe, uh, maybe that's the best way. Cause they couldn't do a damn thing, and New England. But Joe, they won the first it, half ten nine. Is that really dominating? Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. I mean, they were four and a half point dogs. Like you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, you, right. you were four and a half point dogs, and you were controlling the tempo and what was happening in that first half. That's pretty much what you were doing. Your defense wasn't getting blown out. You kind of knew at halftime that all right, this is going to be a game. This is probably going to be a field goal game. This is probably going to be a three point situation where whoever has the ball last. But they looked a hell of a lot more fluid in the first half. And then Doug Peterson's another one of these guys that gets known to be, you know, don't outsmart yourself. Sometimes you get to get so cute that it's like, all right, so now what are you doing? Carson Wentz, you could tell, even in the first half, how many balls did he have to one hop or throw five yeah. feet over guys? Wide open dudes, too, by yeah. the way. Guys, I mean, how many more did you have to see before you're like, this is... Like, I don't get what we're doing here. And same thing in Chicago. Same situation for them. For Fisk, what about a tail of the halves? What about, uh, what about the Broncos and the Vikings? They look different from first half to second half as well. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's not easy to do coming back from a 20. But again, you were laying 10 and a half points in that game. Like, you, that game was over in the first half from a cover yeah. standpoint. It made, what are you Just doing? Second there? half adjustments across the NFL, apparently. Don't get too cute. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. 
Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. All right, Monday Night Football tonight might be time for you to get in the game with a DraftKings Sportsbook account because listeners of this very show, you guys can get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Make yourself a deposit. Place that first bet. DraftKings, they'll match it with a 50% bonus up to $500. Now, the offer is eligible to all users plus new users. You guys get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. If you head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play, that's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. And don't forget to get on the grid here, sportsgrid.com. Join us on YouTube at the SportsGrid Network. Uh, never miss a show. All the fantasy and sports wagering advice you need all the time also available on SportsGrid TV, at SportsGrid TV, on Instagram. First and ten, it's Cousin, and he'll throw, and he's got Rudolph, and he's got an open path to the end zone. Minnesota's got their first lead on a 36-yard touchdown pass. Cousins to Rudolph. 29 of 35, 319, three scores. Unbelievable uh, second half. Something he has never done, traveling by that much at halftime. Uh, Cousins is not usually the guy you would think of when, all right, we're down 20 nothing and a half, guys. Let's rally the troops. That has not been what he has, uh, what he has brought to the table. But unbelievable job by Cousins. And I'll say it right now, maybe the best quarterback we have seen since Peyton Manning in a Denver Bronco uniform is playing for them right now because I thought Brandon Allen um, did just about everything you could ask for from that kid uh, to put that team in a position to be able to win. McManus, what can I tell you? He kicks that field goal there and makes it a one-score game. It's a little bit different than having to score a touchdown as opposed to They could have kicked another field goal there. They had three shots inside the 10 to win that yesterday in that game on the road. Just a a great comeback by Minnesota. Also nice for Cousins to be able to get over that hump. And I can't even blame him in the first half because he was on the sidelines the entire first half. It wasn't like he, all they kept doing was panning to Kirk Cousins and he's sitting there like, all right, I'd love to be able to get out there and play guys, but. Nothing happening, and it was obvious when they came out in the second half. They made some adjustments, and I don't know what the Broncos were doing on defense, but they allowed some guys to get just – they got toasted in the second half, and Kurt Cousins made them pay for some uh, some blown coverages. And great win, great cover by Denver, but my word, I, I – what do you – Brandon Allen, dude, you, you should have lost that game – 35 nothing from what we understood, or at least what the line tells us. I thought it was actually a pretty good job with limited resources. I thought he did a pretty good job. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, it's all relative, right? You know, I mean, he is the third string quarterback, what have you. I mean, you're you're complimentary of him, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to bang him, but he did complete less than fifty percent of his passes. You know what I mean? But yeah, he went out there and is now one and one, has had a representative effort. Um, but I think the story here is more about Minnesota, right? Because they're the team that still has designs on playing in the playoffs. Okay. And the quote from Kirk Cousins, I think this is hysterical. He says suddenly it has just a different feel to it and the next thing you know you're going so that speaks to like what they they have the ability to kind of flip the switch i think it's interesting but i think this is the kind of win joe that really matters for a team right to come back from 20 down at halftime to wind up you know kind of scoring unanswered i think this is the kind of win that brings people together that realizes hey we could do it via the run or via the pass you had the nfl's leading rusher in Dalvin Cook coming into the game, right? But now it was really Stefan Diggs over the top. Now the Vikings have a bye, and then they should be getting Adam Thielen back. After the bye, the Vikings sitting pretty at eight and three. And I think in the NFC, it's becoming pretty clear, right? You know you've got two teams in the North. You know you've got two teams in the West. You know you have the Saints. And you know you have the NFC East division champion that to me i don't know joe but even with like five weeks left the nfc playoff picture is starting to come into focus and the minnesota vikings are part of it and the fact that the vikings can kind of flip this switch or battle back is a huge feather in their cap when the when the road starts getting harder in december and january congratulations uh, you are home and home is going to mean a lot to the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Like, cause if that game's in Denver, they don't win. Uh, that's and right. if that's anybody other than that third string quarterback you referred to, they don't win. So the fact that you were a 10 and a half point favorite and still went out there and got blown out in the first half by 20 points is disturbing to say to live. Congratulations. You won barely. And thank goodness you were in Minnesota where you have a history and a comfort level but I don't think home field means more to any team in these playoffs coming up than the Vikings, who are quite honestly two totally different teams. Their quarterback, totally different on the road. Uh, I don't know that he makes that comeback if if they're outdoors someplace else. Probably not. But, you know, Minnesota has a history of being dominant. They were anything but dominant in that game. But a win is a win. They need yeah. to keep winning because they need home field advantage. That gives them a huge leg up on whoever it is they're going to end up playing. It's much better for them having the home game than coming in as a wild card. So they'll have to get through yeah. Green Bay at some point. But Minnesota, mm -hmm. I think even they would admit we need um, they need to keep winning. You know, get to that home game and then you become a totally different ball club as far as I'm concerned. Giving Zimmer and company those guys in at home. That's where home field advantage. Some teams that don't make a difference, whether you. Oh, no, it matters for them. It, yeah, oh, with the school and being them. indoors Ooh, and man. all that stuff. And Kirk Cousins has a history yep. of, you know, primetime games and, and big road games. Dalvin yeah. Cook was not there. I mean, they had to do Absolutely. it. Really, 20 down, your quarterback has to step up and make plays. You know, that's why you paid him yesterday right there, guys. That's why you yep. paid him 80, 89 million guaranteed, 190, whatever it was. Yeah, that's why you paid him. And I, and there was another guy yesterday, guys, that also proved why you give him $140 million. He proved exactly why. 
star quarterbacks need to show up when you need them the most. And Jimmy Garoppolo was needed yesterday from a 49ers team who could not run the ball. Like the 49ers could not run everything that they had done well, how they had won their games throughout the year was via the ground. That was taken away, guys. They had 40 yards on the damn ground yesterday. Jimmy Garoppolo with limited uh, guys. Emmanuel Sanders went out in this game. Very limited. He didn't have Kittle starting. So he's got a bunch of backup tight ends. He's got a couple. And this dude throws for 425 yards and four touchdowns. And, yeah, he um, when they needed him to make a play, I think that's – I can't remember the last time we've seen this from Jimmy because it's been a while, but he proved yesterday that he's ready. Uh, he's ready for the big stage because without him, that 49er team, they don't win that game at all. Arizona played well enough to win, but yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo beat them himself yesterday. Yeah, and remember what we've been talking about for the San Francisco 49ers, right, in their wins. We see Mm -hmm. them win some games with a dominant defense, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not what happened yesterday. We've seen them winning by rushing for over 200 yards. Mm -hmm. That's not what happened yesterday. We've seen them now win. Like you mentioned, Joe, here, Jimmy G throws for 424. We've seen other games where Jimmy G has put it on his arm. So what's helpful for me is, again, what I'm trying to find out is which teams, when we get to January, will have the ability to kind of work with the hand that's dealt Mm -hmm. to them. You know what I mean? And if you try to shut down the Niners run game, can they win otherwise with Jimmy G? The answer is yes. Similar to what we saw in Minnesota, right? If they get down and look like crap for the first two halves and Dalvin Cook isn't there, can Kirk Cousins make plays? In this Mm -hmm. case, the answer was yes. To me, it comes down to do you have these guys that can make plays when you need to? And maybe Jimmy G is falling into that category at the quarterback position. Joe, I have to ask you a question what about the ending of this game the last play of this game and what this meant you talk about a hashtag torn tickets right didn't this line close at nine and a half or maybe ten or maybe ten and a half and i honestly don't understand aren't all scoring plays reviewed right so isn't that last play reviewed can you tell me why uh this final score is still right now 36 26 (laughs) <laughs> they've already paid out the tickets, so it really doesn't make a damn bit of difference. They, no, I hear you. going to come back and give them the money. I hear you, um, but it's weird it, to me. It's it's really not, because the bottom line is somebody from New York got under the headset and said, don't bother, it's over, it's a touchdown. So at that point, the game was already out of hand. Even if you, you reviewed it and there might have been a problem, they ain't turning it over. It was It was never going to happen because the game was already won. Had it worked the other way, and it was a game-winning type of situation there. Right. You probably would have had more more eyeballs on that situation. But at that point, big deal. The NFL doesn't care if you win by three, win by six, win by ten. They don't Plus care. The- and somebody made that call from upstairs going, yeah, don't worry. It's good. It's a touchdown, whether they actually looked at it or not. But, again, you can't be an support. Arizona lineman and look at yourself in the mirror here today knowing – that you had an opportunity. There was the only team going after that football in that play were the 49ers. Everybody yes. else for Arizona seemed to just stand there with their hands on their hips right. going, game's over. Well, uh, game was over. You're right about that. But the fact that, you know, you you gave it to them and gave them the yeah. opportunity to win by 10, 
instead of four. That's the difference between a cover and a non-cover. Uh, every half point matters here, guys. You, at the worst, you should have been a push. At the worst, it should have been a push. Yeah. But that's why 10, 10 and a half. Want to know the difference? That's the difference. That's the difference with the half a point. So there were a lot of people with 10 and a halves on that ticket last today because they bet it earlier in the week. Yeah. Ouch. So why did they take the extra point, though? You don't need to. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Stafford will definitely miss uh, at least six weeks there, but it's not all that uh, bad news for Detroit Lions fans because if you had a chance to watch uh, Jeff Driscoll play yesterday, I mean, he did drop a whole lot of points there on that uh, Cowboys defense. Uh, Interesting stuff, too. Uh, 27 points they allowed to Jeff Driscoll, who, given the state of affairs for the Detroit Lions and what uh, that secondary is a mess, which is why Dak Prescott throws for 444 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, the defensive front continues to be the best part of the Lions there. They shut down Zeke Elliott for the most part. Did not have a great, uh, certainly, fantasy day from a rushing perspective. Did have a touchdown grab, but he also had a fumble early on in that game, which was a little strange. But Driscoll uh, did everything he could, given uh, given the offensive line and what he had. And unfortunately, That defense wasn't able to do anything against Dak Prescott, could not stop him. Uh, They even had a chance at the end there in the fourth quarter late to possibly even try to send this game to overtime. But when it was all said and done, it was an eight-point win and cover for the the Dallas Cowboys. The over also was a a big win there as that closed out at 46. And that was definitely one of the games where, you know, stacks of those players would have worked out really, really well. But Jeff Driscoll, I think, proving that uh, probably made himself a little bit of uh, cash there, too, around the NFL. Another guy proving his uh, worth in a backup spot here, being more than capable of now two weeks in a row, at least giving his team a chance to be able to pull the win, the upset win, down by uh, seven and a half points as far as the spread goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, truth be told, Joe, Zeke Elliott's fantasy day was just fine. He had a touchdown in the on the ground and a touchdown in the air, so he had a 20-point effort. So there's, there, you know, if you own Zeke Elliott, you got 20 points, you're okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I did. You know, it should have been 28, which is what I needed him to have, the putts. Well, well you know, hey, I mean, yeah. everybody's Fumble fantasy Ruski. team has Th- a different— thanks. Thanks. A different situation, you know, sure, everyone's a different context. Fumble caused me. Um, but here, honestly, you know, you talk about Jeff Driscoll and, you know, that's intriguing. But, but um, what I was intrigued by was a different fill-in for the Detroit Lions, Joe, and that's Bo Scarborough, the running back. 
Okay, um, I remember him from Alabama, okay, and in Alabama, this is another one of those guys that has been kind of a battering ram that you thought would have an NFL career, and the interesting part is he was on the practice squad for Dallas, now with a representative effort, he gets into the end zone for Detroit as well, and we've talked about this Detroit running game ever since Kerryon Johnson has gone down, it's been everyone from Ty Johnson to J.D. McKissick, and I think that Bo Scarborough, listen, He's not going to be fancy, but he is an in-between-the-tackles kind of guy. You pair him up with the PPR uh, potential of a J.D. McKissick. And going forward, Scarborough and McKissick could be more of that thunder and lightning combo that you see in other teams. I think Ty Johnson, unfortunately, the hot waiver wire darling of a few weeks back, is the guy left without a chair when the music stops. I think both Scarborough is going to be a highly added waiver wire pickup. So get ahead of it, fantasy players. Yeah, and again, it, it proving that if you don't have a quality backup quarterback in the NFL, you are sunk. And it's a big difference between having a chance to be competitive and having a chance to win games when a guy goes down as opposed to, all right, let's stick a fork in the season. It's week four. I mean, we've seen it time and time this year again where – they're willing to pay a lot of money, I believe, to uh, to halfway decent backup quarterbacks that can keep a team competitive. Uh, and I don't blame them because guys like uh, Driscoll proving their worth, guys like Teddy Bridgewater proving their worth. There's a reason oh, why yeah. you pay these guys. I don't think anybody even realized Jeff Driscoll was as mobile um, and as quite as honestly as, as accurate as he was there yesterday. He did a really, really good job under tough circumstances there against that Cowboys defense, which I think uh, I think there's more question marks about that defense than anything else. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm a little concerned about that defense being able to get stops when we need them to get stops. You can't be giving up 27 points. Even though it's on the road, you're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in there. They gave up a lot, especially like you said. Well, guy, where was Bo Scarborough playing before yesterday's game? Um, don't know. I, I don't even exactly. think he was practice on it. Squad. Was he on a practice squad? Where was he? Yeah, practice squad. Yeah. It, so it's like that defense worries me about Dallas. I do think they got plenty of weapons offensively. Hell, even Witten making plays and blocks and doing all sorts of stuff there, the old man. But uh, that defense worries me for the Cowboys. I thought it was going to be a stronger suit, but. Um, yeah, yeah, Don't but Joe, you them. know, part of that is a function of the schedule also, right? I'm looking yeah. at their last six games, Joe, and in their last six games, I would call maybe, maybe two of their mm -hmm. games have offenses that can actually threaten the Cowboys, right? Remember what the Cowboys defense looked like when they were going three and zero to start the year. So maybe they're a function of their competition. They have Washington still. They have Chicago still. They have these Rams who don't look that impressive anymore. You know, so I mean, it. Let's see what they look like when they go up against some. Uh, Worse offenses. I will say this, though. Next week, they are at New England. So that'll be a real test for that defense. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. They made Jeff Triscoll look like an all-world. I don't know. That that offense of, of New England's is, oof. Uh, well, they need to be better down the stretch, though, because you can't be going into January with that many question marks, giving up that kind of uh, those kinds of chunk plays and getting beat like they do in that secondary. The good news is they've got an offense, though, that looks like it's it'll be able to score some points and 
kudos to Dak Prescott. I mean, the guy was uh, – everything he threw seemed to have been on target and seemed to have landed in guys' hands. So I don't know what more you can ask of him. Uh, Mari Cooper and Dak Prescott, if they don't – if Jerry don't lock them up for the next 10 years, I don't – you know what I mean? I don't – you got nobody to blame but yourself, yep. Jerry. And I think he realizes it too. You're going to have to get those two guys locked up because he's a different quarterback with Amari Cooper in that lineup and available. And then Gallup and the other guys, too. I like the yeah. Cowboys' offense a lot. I think they can actually – they can they can do some damage because they can go into a shootout and say, okay, you want to do this? You want to score 40 points? Look, go ahead. Let's do it. We can go to 40 points. But Kellen yeah. Moore and friggin', friggin' that coach, of uh, Jason Garrett, God, oh, I wish I had that. I would be all in on the Cowboys if it wasn't for those coaches right there. I just don't know that I can trust them right. in the big spot yet. And I think that's where I that's where I get a little hesitant on about being all in on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, listen, first from the contractual aspect, right? They get Dak, they get Amari, they have Zeke. They're in essence reconstituting the triplets that worked so well from them in the early 90s. And I'm serious, like Amari and Zeke and Dak could be that for them if they stay and grow together, especially with that offensive line. You know, when you talk about the coaches, yeah, Jason Garrett has been kind of a joke or a punchline for a little while. I think... I'm going to reserve judgment, though, Joe, on Kellen Moore just yet. We haven't, you know, I mean, it is, it is kind of his first year in the play calling, and this offense looks just fine to me, right? So I'm not going to lump in Kellen Moore just yet. The NFC East, Joe, is going to be decided week 16 in Philadelphia. Dallas at Philadelphia week 16. I'd be willing to bet at this point that they will be within a game of each other going into that one. And then remember, in week 17, they're going to face what? The Giants and Washington, respectively. So, you know, it really, in my opinion, comes down to Lincoln Financial Field week 16. The winner of that game, I believe, will win the NFC East. And the loser of that game, I think, will be on the outside looking in because they won't be ahead of teams like Minnesota or Green Bay, Seattle or San Francisco. So winner take all week 16 in Philadelphia. I And right now, the current state of the Eagles with, again, more banged up offensive linemen. Uh, they're going to need Alshon back. They're going to need uh, Jordan Howard back. They have the tools, but they also they have to play a certain way, Philadelphia. There's a certain style to them. Uh, they don't have as many options as they've had in years past. And I dare I say that maybe Carson Wentz is, is he plateauing? Is he hitting a wall, you think? Or maybe. But I also, I think more is that they need Jordan Howard. Like you said, the style they need to play. I think right. Jordan Howard is very important for them to actualize that style. Yes. Big, I agree with you 100%. And they got to get a little bit healthier big, because they. Yeah, it's a big impact. That defense is good, though. I mean, let, I think right. we can agree that that secondary short up there a little bit with Darby bit, back yeah. now. They Yes. That, that defense is good. They. But- they need the the presence of Jordan Howard to have yeah. that run game threat in a power yeah. run game, right? Uh, to be able to do the things they want to do. You take Jordan Howard away, they become more of that like yeah. uh, uh, sexy kind of like uh, you know like more flirtatious kind of team that can't punch you in the mouth. Much like we thought of the Rams, right? Until they changed their blocking scheme, um, they get a little cute. But Jordan Howard gives that ability to do the other way that you're going to need more and more when the weather gets colder. Especially, yeah, exactly. And especially in the next couple of months, for sure. Sure. And it's, uh, 
Carson Wentz is part of that uh, that crew where you know the guy that actually got the job done. He was in. Uh, he, he's for Jacksonville now, he's who Jacksonville took on now. Indy uh, yesterday, and it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't good, guys. It was. Uh, the, he had five straight three and outs uh, in that game yesterday. Just uh, and voila, the Colts and uh, get back. Jacoby Brissett, there's a reason why they gave him all that money, guys. He is a difference maker to that team. They ran the ball well, and Jacksonville, despite the impression of Jacksonville's defense, they're not good against the run, guys. It was proven again yesterday. They got gashed, and and Brissett did exactly what he was supposed to do. Supposed to work off the run game, make some big throws, but Nick Foles is just, it, it looked like the rust was never going to come off. And for the most part, outside of that opening drive, Nick Foles didn't look great in that game. The offense didn't look great in that game. Yeah, as I said yesterday morning, Joe, I thought this game was going to be won by whoever can run the ball more effectively. And that was clearly the Indianapolis Colts. You know, Mac. 14 for 109 and a touchdown. But important note, he left the game, and they're saying he's broken his hand, Joe. So that is important, for, especially for these fantasy guys. Marlon Mack has been an RB2, right? So yep. they move in, you know, they move in Jonathan Williams, and he gets over 100 yards. These two guys combined for 225 yards. Juxtapose that against Leonard Fournette, who went 8 for 23. I said whoever was able to run the ball better would take control of this game, and that's what wound up happening. The Colts at 33 and thir- uh, win 33 to 13. They are now six and four. You combine that with the Texans' loss to fall to six and four. This AFC South is going to be very, very tight. Um, but yes, and Marlon Mack being out. Remember, they're still without T.Y. Hilton, uh, Indianapolis. So they get the win. Yep. But uh, there's something of a mash unit themselves moving forward. They're going to need Brissett to make some plays. But what they have, and which is why this team was built this way, is when you have a all-world offensive line that you can plug and play guys off of the bench that you've never heard of and still gash teams for 200 yards, that's an offensive line there that is finally getting healthier of all the – and they still have some position guys like T.Y. that uh, even on the defense in the secondary. But that offensive unit, that offensive line showed you – why it is they spent all those draft picks and collateral, they ain't building from the inside Absolutely. out, and it really is starting to give them an opportunity because I don't know if you guys caught, um, there's a problem in Houston. Uh, yeah, Houston, we got a we got a problem. You also got a future problem because you traded away all your damn draft picks and assets for a guy that obviously, and hell, I could have told you that, can't block. Ridiculous. We'll talk about that game. Gas MVP, mask. MVP, MVP. The chance are getting louder. We'll talk about Odds it. Move, up. Joe. Yeah, that they did. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. All right, 
uh, happy Monday to you here as we try uh, and get you ready for what's going to be a really important AFC West matchup tonight, Monday Night Football in Mexico City. Get ready for the Chiefs. Get ready for the Chargers. This is going to be a very important AFC West uh, this kind of game, Dane, is what is going to start separating uh, at least one team from the pack. I mean, it looks like a two-horse race now uh, between Kansas City and Oakland, provided Kansas City wins this game. If they don't, then you let the Chargers back into the discussion here, and things right. get a lot more complicated for them. So it's a it's a big game, and I'll, I'll give him credit. I mean, the Chargers this week have been – practicing at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, which is uh, very high up there in the altitude, of course, comparable to what they're about to go into in Mexico City, while Kansas City stayed home. Uh, and we'll see if that's uh, if that makes a difference for them here. But this is definitely, you know, the team from Southern Cal who's not going to be used to being 7,500 feet up in the air above sea level. Uh, it tends to do things to people, and Kansas City's no different. Doesn't get any flatter than that. But this is a huge game. And meanwhile, the Raiders are going, hey, we'll just kick back here with the popcorn, Dane. Raiders just going out. They're not winning pretty, but it doesn't matter to John Gruden. Yep, that's right. Like you said, depending on how this game goes, uh, you know, the AFC West could tighten up uh, big time. If, If the Chargers get this W, okay, then Kansas City, Oakland, and the Chargers are all within a game. All right, you'd have Kansas City and Oakland with six. The Chargers Mm -hmm. would be at five wins going into the stretch. So this is going to be a big one. Phillip Rivers leading the league in passing right now, 2,816 yards. The question is, will he just chuck it up some more? Or will he actually, you know, kind of hit his receivers? Because with 10 interceptions, that's among the league leaders as well. Joe, I have spent time in Mexico City. I can tell you the truth. That out altitude does matter for a guy who had asthma like me it was a real thing at that altitude okay and yep. i do i would be remiss joe if i didn't give a shout out to my man my man dan out there running a pinche gringo uh, restaurant who is catering all the sweets and having roger goodell over to the restaurant beforehand with the chargers big shout out to El pinche gringo out there in mexico city make sure you give them good food so they're not running to the bathroom uh mid-game and- and you're going to need to make sure, too, guys, that the field conditions there have always yeah. been a concern. They continue remember it was the to Shakira be a concern. concert last year? Yeah, remember? The, you, I mean, it's really something you got to look. You can have all the weapons in the world. If they can't cut or get off yep. the line, guys, that's going to be a problem. They've had the laser too, so. pointers in people's eyes down there in yeah. Mexico City also. Who knows what we're going to see down there's there tonight? Lot, there's a lot of unknowns with this game yeah. tonight, man. <laughs> 